You have tuned in to Debt-Free Wealth Radio with Trudy Beerman. Thank you for joining me. Whether you're on the web, your mobile device, or through one of our syndicated outlets, welcome. Uh, today, I have a local entrepreneur for you. She is my friend, a church sister, and we're both from the Caribbean. My friend Jamila Little hails from Trinidad, and most of you know I'm from Jamaica. So Jamila, are you on? I'm here, Trudy. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Awesome. So Jamila is an attorney licensed to practice here in the state of Florida. I want to point that out because some of the information we share today may not be appropriate if you're listening in from another state or another part of the world, but it would still be at least um, conversation starters for you if uh, you want to raise some questions with a lawyer or with uh, legal advice in your neck of the woods. So today, I just wanted to showcase Jamila and you know her particular niche and area of expertise because right now, the, the hot bed, the hot topic is immigration, especially with our new um, you know, president and his agenda and so forth. So I just thought it would be great to bring Jamila on and explore some topics. Jamila and I are, like I said, from the Caribbean, so we are already uh, legal imports to this country. And I just want to give you a little bit more on Jamila. Like I said, she's from Trinidad and Tobago. She uh, graduated with honors from Spelman College in Atlanta. She also majored there in economics and in business administration. She had a minor there. She has a lot of additional things on that I want, you know, you can look up on her uh, profile on her website. But I wanted to really stress this. She's been an ardent advocate for her clients since her, since her second year in law school. So even before she was a, a practicing lawyer, she was already doing the do, guys. She already had you guys in her heart. And she started representing clients in removal proceedings in federal immigration court as a student attorney. So Jamila, I'm really honored to have you here with me. And Jamila, just before we get into all this, tell us how to get in touch with you, to follow up with you. Absolutely. Well, there are many ways that you can follow up with me. I do have, um, a website and the name of my firm is Little Law. So that's actually my last name is Little. And so it's www.littlelawpa.com. You can also traditionally give me a phone call. It's 813-279-1140. And I'm also on Facebook. If you look for Little Law PA on Facebook, I'm on Instagram and Twitter as well and so um there are a lot of ways to contact me and i also have an office i have two offices one in st pete and then one in the brandon area in tampa bay so you know a lot of different ways you can get to me and just so you guys know however you found this audio um in the show description i will absolutely have links back to jamila for you so that you can follow up with her that way so you know, Jamila is a lawyer. She she definitely can help you with most things. But like a, a you know a good person who wants to specialize and become an expert, um, her focus is immigration. Now, 
there's I'm sure we could really spend hours talking about immigration, but there are two particular things that came up in the in the whole presidential conversation that led up to the new administration. And I want to bring them up with Jamila. Um, one was the anchor babies. That was a phrase that came out of this election time. And, um, you know, gaining your immigration status through marriage. And there's a third one I want to explore if we have time, Jamila, is, it, you know, moving someone who's already here, but in, uh, you know, they came in through maybe not the, the most legitimate channels, but they really want to stay because there are some stories already emerging of people who have already been deported. So I'm sure a lot of people are getting scared and, you know, I'm sure you have a wealth of information. So I really want to encourage you guys if you have people you know of, it's better to take care of this stuff now than deal with it through the, you know, the, the sad channel. So Jamila, let's start with marriage. How about that? Marriage. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so I would, I would say this, this one thing, um, I would question people. One of the things that the federal government and the Department of Homeland Security through USCIS, you know, the United States Citizen and Immigration Services, one of the things that they look at and scrutinize heavily are marriages. And so I have a lot of people asking me, well, should I just get married? Should I just get married? And my answer is no. Unless you are in a legitimate relationship with someone and this would have been the natural progress of your relationship to marry this person for the right reasons. Um, you know, I tell people you can get married for any reason except for immigration purposes. That's actually fraud. And so if you do get married to someone because that was your intention, that was their intention to actually marry this person and spend your life with this person and you're here as a non-citizen, that is one of the easiest pathways to um, becoming a permanent resident and then becoming a citizen. And so one of the things that people should note is that if you are planning to take this route and you've been married for less than two years, those marriages are actually scrutinized more heavily than people who've been married for a longer period of time. And what happens in that case is that the recipient of the green card will be given a conditional green card. And so that green card will be only good for a certain number of years. And after that time passes, they will have to get the conditions removed. Most of the times to get the conditions removed, the process involves your spouse who you got married to. So for again, going back to people who just get married and it's really a sham, you know, two years down the line, you have to try to remove these conditions with your spouse. There are provisions, you know, if you want to remove it without your spouse, there are provisions for that. But most of the times that's, you know, in cases of people who have been suffering with um, suffering from domestic violence and that kind of stuff. So they make exceptions for that. But by and large, the process of removing the conditions involves your spouse. And so if it was a sham marriage, you guys are no longer together, then that may pose an issue. But I think that 
for those people who are in a situation where they genuinely have met someone, fallen in love with them and want to get married, it's a, a great way to actually become a permanent resident and to ensure that your family could stay together, which I think is one of the biggest things for me, ensuring that regardless of where you're from, you just have the opportunity to spend your life with your family. Um, so, Okay. All right. So marriage is still a real and legitimate and good avenue, but not in the fraudulent capacity. Uh, in other words, if that marriage would have just naturally happened as an outcome of the progress of the relationship. Yes? Absolutely. And you know, the, um, the process involves an interview. So the couple will be interviewed and asked certain questions. So that is, you know, that's something that they look at heavily. All right, good. The next one is anchor babies. Now, a lot of um, people have come to the United States just in time to drop that baby, literally, um, expecting that. And it used to work in the past. It used to work in the past that that would give them their rights to be here. But it looks like whether the law really, they were just turning a blind eye and really the laws were on the books and they're just enforcing them now or they put new rules in place. But this conversation of anchor babies, and that's a phrase that actually came up in the election as far as I'm aware. Um, the phrase anchor baby uh, seems to be um, a thing that's being looked at now. What do you have to say on that, Jamila? Well, Trudy, you know, I think the term anchor baby is somewhat of a misnomer because in order for, for, for someone, and I know people come here, you know, especially, you know, I have friends from the Caribbean who that's exactly what they did. <laughs> they came yeah. and they had their babies. Um, and some of them took their babies back with them, but the babies remained U.S. citizens because they were born in the U.S. Now, the thing about the term anchor baby that is a little bit misleading is that it gives the impression that you can come to the U.S., have a baby, and because you have this baby here, you could gain some sort of immigration benefit. Now, that isn't necessarily true. In order for you, let's say for your kid who was born in the U.S. to be able to petition for you as their parent, they have to be at least 21 years of age. So if you're going to wait for all those years for your baby to grow up and become an adult, then that may help you. But outside of that, there's nothing really, maybe that there were other forms of relief that people were seeking and the law, you know, or the officers did maybe turn a blind eye or gave people some leeway based on maybe some sort of sympathetic situation that they had. But according to the law, and this has been the law, you cannot, um, you cannot petition for your parents until you get to that age of 21. Okay, good. I'm glad we established that because um, you and I both know that we have, I mean, I know many people from the Caribbean um, who have come here with the misconception, the misconception that having the baby here would give the parent some kind of access right. But you're right. You know, if, if they do have the baby here, it does give the child some rights and, you know, they may still want to do that to give the child rights. 
Um, you know, even if it means, cause I know people who have separated from their children, you know, left the child with an aunt or, you know, another sister or family member just so that their child can have a better life. So right. the child would have rights, but as you're saying, uh, I wanted to clear up the misconception that having the baby here would give the mother rights, but if they are willing to wait, the child can petition for them. Fantastic. All right, last but not least, and then we'll wrap this up, Jamila. If someone's already here through irregular channels. So one story that caught my eye was uh, a child was brought here um, by the parent. The parent arrived illegally, brought the child here as a young, young child. It's the only ch uh, life they knew. In fact, there was a girl, she made headlines. She was a valedictorian right around the time of the elections, and she made the case that she was not a valedictorian. She was an undocumented immigrant. Now, the thing is that they come, they've, they've come here through no fault of their own children or not. Whenever they're here, they're, they're, they don't, they're undocumented. They don't have a legal status. Is there a way for that person to move to become legal? I remember years ago, they had these, um, oh, Lord, that's what they call it. Um, they gave some, they gave some waiver, right? There was a name for it. Um, some permission, some overview. If you were here and you came in in these waves, that they would give you papers. And some people were not trusting and didn't do it. Some people said, hey, what the heck? I'm nothing to lose. They did it. And they were, they successfully got their papers. I don't know if you remember the name for that. But is there a way for a person who is already here, undocumented, to move to a legal status. Okay, so um, I'll, I'll do, I'll talk about that in two, two, two different ways, right? So let's talk first about those children who were brought here by their parents, like you said, truly no fault of their own. And they, it's interesting because you hear these stories, you know, and I have people who call and ask about this all the time. They, went to school, they went to high school, and all of a sudden, and this is the only country they know, right? All of a sudden they get to want to go to college after high school and bam, they have no social security number. They realize that they aren't citizens. You know, a lot of them, they grew up here, so they thought that they were citizens. Um, so a couple years ago, President Obama, when he was in office, had enacted a program called DACA, that's D-A-C-E. And what it was, was Deferred Action for Child Arrivals. So this program was supposed to take care of these children who came here, no fault of their own. Um, they would have had to, to be productive citizens, so they would have had to have been either in school or you know, join the armed forces, they couldn't have any type of extensive criminal background. So, you know, it would have been productive members of society. And obviously there was an age cut off for it. And they had to have been living here continuously as well. So President Obama, through executive action, allowed this program to start for these children. And there are millions of them, about 800,000 or so, actually were involved in the DACA program, right? Um, because DACA was enacted through executive order, it didn't go through the legislative process to be, um, 
to be voted in as a law. And so earlier this year and through the campaign promises that the current administration made, one of the things that they said they would get rid of was unlawful executive actions. And one of them that they were targeting was DACA. So there's been a lot of news and a lot of talk about DACA and these dreamers. You may have heard of the dreamers. And these were these young people who were brought here, no fault of themselves. What a DACA program allowed them to do is to stay here legally without having fear of deportation and also to work. It didn't put them on any type of pathway to get their green card, to get their permanent residence. But it just allowed them to stay here because this is the only home that they know and to work. So a lot of them became teachers, um, firefighters. Like you said, there was a valedictorian, um, productive people. Well, DACA, as I said, was one of the things that President Trump said he was first to get rid of. And when he, when he passed um, some executive orders, DACA was on the chopping board. So as of March 5th, March 5th was actually, so a couple of days ago was a deadline. President Trump gave lawmakers to decide if they were going to make DACA a law or not. Well, guess what? Nothing happened. So there was a federal judge who, who ruled that they couldn't stop the DACA recipients um, from renewing their DACA applications. So they've been able to renew them up to now. And that of March 5th has, has come and gone. So the DACA recipients now are in limbo. Sorry. not know if they will be able to continue staying in the U.S. legally. Some of them have gone on to, to be in relationships. Um, I'm pretty sure, you know, those who are going to get married will probably have a way out. But by and large, those hundreds of thousands of young people are just really in limbo. Mm. So is there a way for them to become legal? Well, the hope is that the government will do the responsible thing because these people are Americans. They weren't born here, but in the spirit of, of the American people, they are really Americans. They, they grew up here. This is the only home that they know. To send them back to countries that they've never, you know, never gone back to in years and years, I mean, that's, that's, that would be a travesty. So that's one group of people, those young people who came and no fault of their own. Then there's another group, um, people who came in without inspection. Um, the fence climbers. Who, yeah. So people <laughs> who came water, they snuck in. And then there are also people who are here illegally as well because they overstayed when they came. Yes. So, so they came in legally, but they overstayed. Yes, there are those two. Correct. Illegally, but they overstayed. So... For people who um, who came in legally but overstayed, they have the ability to, let's say they get married, they have the ability to adjust their status. And that, um, you know, that's a pretty seamless process. A lot of people do it. Um, and then for those who came in 
um, they stuck to the border, there's also the ability for them to get themselves legal through waivers. There's something called waivers. And if you, if a waiver is something that you need to do, I would suggest that you speak to an attorney about that. Um, but you know, there, there's a variety of processes that they can go through. It may be a long process, but you know, it can be done. Um, so I think, you know, basically that would be the three categories and how, you know, you ask, how can they get legal? Um, that would, that's what I would say, you know, um, we'll look out for DACA and see what happens to DACA. Um, and for people who are here illegally, not in the DACA situation, they may be able to make their status legal by going through the immigration process with an attorney utilizing waivers if they qualify for it um, and just going through that process. Awesome. So is there anything you else you want to leave with us before we wrap this up, Jamila? Yeah, you know, I just, I really just want to say that it's right now, it is an exciting time in immigration, but it's also um, a very sad time because the truth is that, you know, America was built on the backs of immigrants from as early as we could remember, people from Europe, from a lot of different countries, you know, just recently, you know, within the last maybe 40, 50 years, people from the Caribbean um, and other countries have started coming to the US. But, you know, since maybe the early 1800s, there's been migration from a lot of um, European countries. And so, you go back maybe two, three generations of Americans and you would find that their family members were immigrants who came to the U.S. as well. And so, you know, we have to remember that at some point we were all, we all came from somewhere else. You know, the only people who were born here were the American Indians who they somehow also have run, run off um, of their lands as well, you know. Um, so I would just say keep that in mind for the immigrants who are out there listening. This is not a time to plea. I tell all my clients, you know, if you are able to become a citizen, go through the citizenship process. If you're able to get your green card, get your green card. Because this administration has started to seriously look at people who are not here legally and um, go through the deportation process for those people, even those who do not have criminal issues. So it's a serious situation now. Well, I don't, um, I don't think they're against immigrants. I think they're just uh, looking at those who have um, sidestepped the law. Uh, and that's why your services are so important and so valuable. And I think it's come to the point now where, um, you know, people who want to be here really need to try to do it the legal right way. And people who are already here need to uh, activate and look for and get help for, um, you know, legalizing their status because um, I, I don't think America is sending a message that they don't want immigrants, but I think they're cracking down and saying, if you're going to come here, come here legally or else. And I think the or else is pretty scary because, you know, prior to this, it's been, you know, people, I think the systems have all turned blind eyes. A lot of people have just come here 
and um, and this new this new <laughs> agenda is scaring a lot of people. So I would just say, guys, Jamila has um, shared with us uh, some some va valuable points, and her services are at this point. I would say her services like hers, wherever you are in the country, are going to be top premium right now because. We really don't know what this administration is going to do, but they seem to be getting ready to do something. So I'm going to suggest very strongly that if you're not legal, legalize your status. And if you're thinking of coming here, try to do it the right way. And if you need help, contact Jamila or someone like her. So Jamila, just give us your, uh, your website one more time. Yes, my website is www.littlelawpa.com. That's L-I-T-T-L-E-O-W-P-A.com. And you can call me at 813-279-1140. Good. And like I said, Good. I will put all her links, all her social media and everything in the show description. So thank you all for joining us. Jamila, thank you for being with me today. I, I feel very honored to have had your very precious time. Trudy Behrman here saying thank you all for listening in on Debt Free Wealth Radio. Love you all, and we'll see you next time. Thanks, Trudy.